You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. All right, the playoffs are kicking off in the NBA, and DraftKings has an awesome promotion going on. Every day of the NBA playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part is, it's totally free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every single day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at twenty grand in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. You just download the app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at 20 grand in total prizes every day of the NBA playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That promo code is THPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. See DraftKings.com for details. Jets serve their purpose, and I'm totally fine with them being swept. How awesome is it that they sweep the others and they get swept? <laughs> Dude, this is unbelievable. I See, the thing is, though, I'm bummed out because it's like, okay, now the team that we had more wins than in the regular season is now in the conference finals. God damn it. On one hand, yes, from that perspective. I mean, you're looking at these games, and... Even some of these other series I'm watching closely, and I'm just like, "Kid, hey, this is this is Sutter hockey." Um, I don't know if if we're good enough to keep pace with these teams outside of the Canadian division, obviously. Um, but still, I'd like to see us. I mean, what what's going to happen with the Habs? Are they going to get swept? I, th- I this is this wouldn't be the first time. Or are they going to beat the Vegas Golden Knights or the Habs? That's probably what's going to happen. It's funny because we really have zero clue. That's what happens when you play in one division all season long. It's going to be interesting seeing all these teams leave their division and play teams from other divisions. Because if you were to ask me, if I were to guess, I would say the Canadian division was the weakest division in the league. I would have liked to have seen the Flames, sorry, to see the Flames and the Leafs play each other in round one, just because like who could choke harder? It just been a win. Would have been like game seven, like every, the team every, blowing the lead every five seconds. <laughs> like who do, who doesn't want to win this series more? The Flames, or the Leafs. That's what we wanted. That's what we deserve. Yeah, they they did that in the regular season enough times, said. Yeah. But seriously, does the Canadian division not look like the weakest team, weakest division in the league? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not even close, dude. Like. 
you, I, I, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. It's like if you flip between the whatever series Colorado is playing in, and then flip over to what's on the Canadian division and the North division, you wouldn't even you'd be like, what the hell is this? I think somebody tweeted like, if you switch between the Vegas and Colorado game and the the Habs Jets game, you'd be like, this isn't even the same sport. Like they're not even on the same planet. That's that's the number one thing I'm interested in in seeing the next round, whoever the Habs end up playing. I'm genuinely curious. Is it like we think it is, is the way it looks where the Habs are just going to get absolutely demolished? Well, the thing is going to happen, but I think it's going to happen. Like, do they even win a period against Colorado or Vegas? But I mean, what's going to be interesting to see is if this, this, bogging teams down skilled teams like Toronto and Winnipeg bogging them down in the neutral zone and setting up a goddamn wall at the blue line. We're going to see if that works against a skilled team like Colorado or Vegas. I'm actually a little curious to see if it works against Colorado. Um, I think Vegas would be able to, would be able to get around it because they do play on the four check a little bit more, but can you imagine this would be hockey. This would be the NHL. This would be peak NHL for the Habs to play like the little one, three, one bore the shit out of everybody completely smother Nathan McKinnon and the Colorado avalanche and like win in like seven games. That'd be peak NHL. I'm, I'm fascinated to see if they could actually do it. I don't think they can. I don't think you can, you can hold them at bay. I do think that, Montreal has a better chance against the Avalanche than they do the Knights, just the way the teams match up. But I still don't think you're like throw out a, a, um, a guess right now. If the Abs play the Habs, how many games is that going to take? Well, seriously, if you just think about it, it's like it feels like four. Doesn't it? Yeah. But then well, you look like the, I might I, say five. I don't know if the, I don't know if the Jets. Yeah. It feels like the Jets were just that bad because like Montreal owned them, really. I know, but the the, the Jets just come off a sweep. I mean, they lose Shifley. That's huge. It's just, it's just like I I don't know. Maybe uh, they'll be how, maybe they'll be able to do. I don't know anymore. How can you, but that's why I'm so fascinated. How, but how can you logically sit here and be like. You can't make a logical Habs, argument, argument that the Habs will beat or the Colorado Knights or Vegas. Won't sweep them. Yeah. I th- I think they won't. I, I, I don't think you can logically say they won't sweep them. Like how can, how can the Habs win one game against either team? It's going to like, unless Carey Price is just like, that's, that's what I guess it'll come down to. But you know what? Like the Habs formula is really interesting what they've been doing in the playoffs. I mean, it's not interesting to watch. It's boring as shit, but they've relied on their goaltender when he needs to make big saves. They've pretty much played really low event hockey and they've got big defenders to do that. They have a big ass defense, man, but they also have a lot of skill. So they're playing low event hockey, but when they do get a chance, they have finishers. They got guys like Foley and put the puck in the back of the net. Yeah. I mean, Corey Perry's <laughs> difference maker in this series, Caulfield, like Suzuki, like all these guys who, if you give them one chance, they can bury it. So it's, it's an interesting formula they're putting together here where 
They're just sitting back playing hard defense. And then when they get a chance, it's in the back of your net. I don't know. Is that, is that not Sutter hockey? Yes. That's <laughs> just like, I'm, I'm really curious to see if you threw our team into these playoffs, how we would have fared out. Don't think about us because you know, they would have disappointed us, but maybe they wouldn't have. I mean, at some point they're going to stop disappointing us, aren't they? At some point. Will they? I mean, they could go the route of the Leafs and like. Or the, the Canucks. That stat that they put out there with the Leafs that they haven't won a playoff series since 2004 is pretty incredible. So, dude, well, I don't. Given, given the team they've, they've had in the last Straight up, I kind of want to see, as much as I don't, as much as a hockey fan, I want to see the Lightning play the Knights or the or the abs in the final. I like just out of like team chaos. I just want Montreal to win. There's no way there. There's no way they're coming out of, I mean, there's no way, but there was no way that the jets were going to sweep the Oilers. Right. Or that the, the Habs were going to beat the Canadians. Please. It's it's just my, like they're the first team to make it into the conference finals. What? (laughs) What is this? It's unreal. It's funny though. I mean, is this not playoff NHL playoffs? This happens every year. Could have been us. There's always some wild and crazy story. Always, dude. If you put Tyler Foley, Corey Perry, and even maybe like Gustafson on our team, are we not in the playoffs? If you put Toffoli on our team, are we not in the playoffs? God, I hate our if GM. If your GM adds to your team in the off season. Are you not in the playoffs? Our GMs are like the exact opposite. I don't think Bergevin does a good job, but I mean, he does a lot of shit. Our GM doesn't do a good job, but he does nothing. Well, and here's the thing. People will be like, well, he added. We got Markstrom, Tanev. Well, not really. He just replaced. He brought in those two players to replace what left. And sure, Markstrom's an upgrade on what left. Although maybe maybe not was he though was he this season? <laughs> no. I mean on on paper he's an upgrade, but if you look at the numbers across the board this season, Cam Talbot was the better goaltender. Cam Talbot was lights out first round against the Knights. He was the only reason why. Well, maybe not the only reason why, but he was a huge reason why the Wild pushed a game seven against one of the best teams in the league for the last Cam three years. Cam Talbot was the was lights out in the first round of the playoffs last season when the Dallas Stars whooped their ass and we won two games. If How much does Cam Talbot make? I don't know, like $3.3 million or something, or maybe he's just an even three. Did they sign up to a one-year? No, they signed him to a three-year deal. So given just this season alone, what which deal do you like more? And I honestly, and I always like the Talbot deal. I have no problem saying that over the Markstrom deal. And I mean, yeah. we're not saying we don't like Markstrom. I think Markstrom is top five goaltender in the league when he's on his game, when he's not concussed. He was he was lights out when he wasn't concussed this season. But the point is, is in the off season you roll into the last off season after getting crushed by the Stars. And once I'm done this little rant here, I want you to go over some what you were sending me <laughs> with the playoff series with the Stars. But you get crushed by the Stars. It's obvious now. Well, it has been for two seasons now. Obviously, it's been for two longer than two seasons that you need another top six forward. 
You need a guy that can score. You need more firepower up front. Yet you roll into the offseason. <laughs> I remember the day that Brad Living came out and said, yeah, our, our priority this offseason is defense and goaltending. You and I, <laughs> like it was like a, like a fucking joke. It was like, what? Okay, what? What's this guy smoking? It's obvious you need help up front. I guess Monty Pony's a soup. And then you play him, you don't even play him in the top six for the final 20 games. Get to that too. But that's the point is like, no, Prairie's not goaltending in defense. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. You let four UFA defensemen walk. One of your best defenders you've had in TJ Brody in how many years? One of the best defenders for the Leafs. You let him walk. <laughs> and then your new coach says there was a way overestimation on what this decor could do. All these young guys. <laughs> you have David Riddick, Cam Talbot. You let Talbot walk. So yeah, because because after, because you let every you let the whole team half the team walk. Yeah, I guess it is priority. It wasn't, but now it is. Your priority should have been top six. Never addressed. Instead, Brett Ritchie, Dom Simon, Josh Lebo didn't play him enough. Could he probably could have filled that gap way more often than than he did if given the opportunity? But that was mismanaged as well. But yeah, you crushed by the stars. Yet defense and goaltending is your priority after letting you know. Six or seven guys walk. Yeah, Jay Fresh Hockey posted this because uh, the series against the... <laughs> he posted this a couple... I think it was last week. Just the, the most lopsided uh, playoff series in the last... What was 2008? However many years ago? 23 years type? 23 years. Jesus. Like 13 years. And the Flames and the Stars... <laughs> The third most lopsided playoff series in terms of goals for percentage. The Flames were crushed in that series. Third worst since 2007-2008. Yeah, we want to play exactly like we did in the playoffs, though, eh? And we bring that up because that's what Ward said. That was his assessment. That lopsided, the most, the third most lopsided series. What was the other two? Uh, 2010, Boston versus Buffalo. <laughs> Or Boston one and 2019, the Sharks versus the Vegas Golden Knights. So, and I think the Habs actually just set the new record for the most lopsided series because they absolutely own the Jets. So, there you go. Yet, that's your head coach's assessment. So, we all like I can it. think about when we I like see what we saw when I see Tafoli scoring 10 points in the playoffs and I see Corey Perry going to work. And I see all these guys Mark Bergevin added to make his team better in the offseason. Playing really well. And they're playing their kids. And they're winning hockey games. Now they're in the third round. It's just like, God damn it. Do your job. Make your team better. Beat a dead horse on this fucking thing, eh? And then watching the Avalanche Golden Knights, like, do you even want to do you want to play those guys that's why i'm real i am really curious because that's even a more depressing thing 
because yeah, watching those it. games, I'm like, <laughs> we are so far off. Oh man, it's not even funny to it's think about important. how not close to those teams' level we are. But then you look at the New York Islanders, and you say, if you could get these guys playing a team game, very responsible game, and you just literally just do. Do what we've been begging you for the last three years. Just fucking add up front, please. Could you? Like, do we have to get 100 fans together and just go to the dome and get on our knees and just start begging? Is that what we have to do? Is that what it takes? Like, fuck. Could you? Because who knows? We might even actually be a lot closer than we think. If you weren't chasing every fucking game. If... You go through a five-game stretch where you score. You can't score again. You need more goal-scoring ability. And how do you get that? Through players, you add. Bergevin. All he did was he add goal scorers. Or at least two key ones. Fuck, Montreal has a good little, little future with them with Suzuki and... Cole Caulfield, hey, it's because they're fucking cool. Yeah, that's the thing, too. It's like, I I know everybody, including myself, was ripping on Bergevin in the offseason for some weird moves, like like the Edmonton signing. I mean, there was a few other ones that were just like, yeah, I don't know what he's doing. But, like, at least they have young studs. They have a future and a present. (laughs) Like, do we have either right now? Not really. Fuck. And it, there's no way you, you can go around it. You have to, you have to add to the top six. You have to, and he's going to have to get crafty, but he's most more likely to what? Take away. Right. Well, what he's going to do, like I said, he's going to trade Monahan for somebody who is a borderline top six guy. That's what I, I assume he's going to do. Yeah, or he's so gonna, I'm trying to think of like what the Brad, who's Brad Tree living's target is like free agency wise. Like he would probably like blow a bunch of money on like Hoffman or something weird. Or just cheap out and go the the route he went this way and just like try to collect the infinity gauntlet of, of PTO plugs again. I don't know there's what no, he's gonna do. There's no I way literally don't know. Be, there's no way he'll do that again, Willie. What is know, he man. gonna do? Like I'm I mean, really curious because it's like time's up and his back is against the wall for probably the first time ever. It's like that's why I'm really curious to see what he's gonna do. Well, and you would think that look, we already knew what he was gonna do in the offseason last season. Because that's what he's been doing. He's just that's been his go-to. Sign the Infinity Gauntlet. We need we need thirteen different guys like Ronaldo, Buddy Robinson, Reader, Simone. We'll sign. We'll go out and make a big deal about signing the Zarnik character, and then never fucking play him. But he'll be there. We'll have him. He'll be a little collector item we have sitting on the shelf. You need depth in the playoffs. Yeah, you got to get to the playoffs first, dumbass. We'll uh, we'll take Zarnik down, dust him off the shelf. He'll go win in two games, score four goals, and we'll pull him out again. We'll pay exorbitant prices for depth, the second for Curtis Lazar, and then lose him for nothing. Paul Byron. Paul Byron and Brett Kulak in the uh, conference. Are they called the conference finals? What are they called? The semifinals, I guess. Some flames, some flames representing. Oh, were those big trades? What did we get back for those guys? Oh, we lost Byron on waivers because we wanted Brandon Bolig on the team. 
scored 30 goals the next year or something. I think he scored 30 that year. And then we traded Brett Kulak because we wanted Mike Stone on the team. So and to make room for the big old clapper. I guess he didn't score 30. Paul Byron scored 20 the next the year after, but could he could he use a guy like Paul Byron in the last five years? No. So I think it will be interesting because I don't think even Bradtree Living thinks that he can just keep doing the same thing. Like he knows now he has to do something different. He can't he can't get away with doing nothing anymore. I don't think. The gig is up. Why not? The f- everybody carries his water all summer when he goes outside Don Simon, and all I hear about is how he's so good and he played with Crosby. Oh, all I hear about is how Nordstrom played. Great oh, he's signing. really good. Great sign, Eric Francis. This is a great signing for Calgary. This is a guy that gives you some top six depth. This Dom Simon. Hey, he played with, uh, you know, he played with Sidney Crosby, that guy. Crosby requested him to stay. Next article. Signing Jeff Ward is a no-brainer. <laughs> oh, I guess I guess no. That sandwiched in between there would be but an article of how Johnny Gaudreau wants to leave Gary Hayes here, right? Oh yeah, there's a couple sprinkled in there. I don't know. I think it I honestly I think this will be an interesting offseason. Not saying not interesting in the sense of oh wait and see what Brad Chilling does. I I just think it's gonna be interesting to see because I don't think he can he can just go back to the well of repeating what didn't work the past three seasons. I think he's going to try it, man. I think he's going to try it or he's going to make a big dumb trade. Like he's not going to do what he needs to do. I'm not holding my breath. I did listen to his interview today. He's talking about the expansion draft coming up. Oh man. He's really good at saying nothing. Hey, I said this forever. Dude should have been a politician. Like, Every I've never heard him say anything that has any meaning, like ever, not once in his 28 years he's been here. It's thankfully, just a lot of word salad. Yeah, thankfully this is only eight minutes because sometimes you're like 30 minutes and you got to sit through 30 minutes and maybe just there's one little tiny thing that he mentions, but he, he basically says nothing. Did he get really mad? Did he, did he do nothing. his performative anger? Did he swear? Did, did he pull like a stanza and look angry? It's horseshit. I've been horseshit. I've been horseshit. If you look angry, people think you're busy. That's Brad Living's philosophy right there, baby. The only thing that that I took away, which, again, I have more questions than I do answers, is he's referring to, yeah, the expansion draft is coming up, and it can can create opportunities because some teams – you know, might need to shed money or they might be put in a difficult situation. So he says he's talking to other GMs already. And he says he goes around and talks to pretty much all of them. <laughs> so like I said, I'm the only thing I take away is I'm stuck with more questions not answered than I did going into it. I mean, I would expect you that you knob. It's your job. I go around and talk to the GMs and go around and talk and say, hey, I go around. Like, what are you talking about? You know he's going to do nothing except pay Seattle like second round pick so they don't take Giordano. Legit, I would have, I would get much more entertainment value and satisfaction from Brennan Parker asking Brad Schliving about his favorite top Boston pizza choices off the menu. Like, literally. (laughs) 
I'm not even kidding. You get more insight and more entertainment. It's like, can you just spend 10 minutes asking Brad Schliving about Boston PC questions? Could you rattle them off? Eh? (laughs) How often do you eat Boston pizza? What's your favorite? Is there a secret menu there? I don't even know. I have never been there like maybe once. Do you have to pay for meals? Or you just flash your little. (laughs) He's got a gold card or a platinum card. Yeah, he's got this platinum sun card. I'm the son of uh, one of the one of the owners, or maybe it's the owner. I don't, I don't even know. It's the founder, isn't it, or CEO or some shit? Do you know who my dad is? Jimbo. Okay, they named a pizza after him. And matter of fact, that's my favorite pizza. I like that pizza today. <laughs> oh, I hate our team sometimes. Everybody, I, else, everybody um, else is playing in the playoffs, and we're sitting here. It's funny when we started this podcast. You know, I was I was pretty on the fence with Brad Chilly. I know you weren't. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, no. I mean, I've come to realize you were bang on. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, not only have, and and it's not like you've changed my mind. You've just pointed out all the things that were problems and all the things that might lead to more problems, which were and have, and you follow it along the timeline long enough, you realize that I don't really think this guy is going to make us better. That's where we're at. Now, my only shred of hope with, with that is that, and I don't know if this is a good thing or not. We've talked about this in the last few podcasts and it seems like ownership and probably head coach Daryl Sutter are going to be much more involved in the decisions that Brad makes. That's my, that's my take. I don't think he's got free reign anymore, but again, there's no proof that that's a good thing or not, but that's kind of the last shred of hope I'm hanging on to is that um, Daryl Sutter will, will be much more involved in how this team looks in the next season or two. It's weird. Cause we're recording this on today, which was, like the 17th anniversary of the game seven loss in 2004. I posted some clips of that game. I've never actually watched the whole third period because I was too distraught as a kid to watch it. And I was up in my room losing my mind. (laughs) Do you know what the shots were in that game seven of the Stanley Cup final 2004? 17 to 15 for the Flames. The Tampa Bay Lightning had 15 shots on net in the game they won the Stanley Cup. Woo! Oh, man. That's some rough hockey right there. Playoffs. All right, let's talk some playoffs. You want to hit up Brad Living in the Flames anymore? Well, I'm sick of it, and I'm sure everyone else is too. We're going to circle back to the Calgary Flames to end this thing. We've got to come back to Monge. We gotta come back. We'll come back. We'll do some playoffs. Then we'll do Monge. We got some Johnny, and we got some uh, some free agent stuff we want to talk about. So playoffs. The one thing I did want to bring up because we we were talking about the Habs sweep or the Jets. Oh, the Shifley suspension. I wanted your your thoughts on the hit itself and the suspension because I know there it was pretty. It was like a what eighty twenty. Where people are like, oh yeah, that's that's a brutal hit. That's terrible. 
And then there's there's kind of a vocal 20 saying, no, that's, that's playoff hockey, baby. I'm kind of curious where you sat with that. Oh, it was a brutal hit. Um, like, it was brutal. I know Sean Avery was going off about how, like, Evans should keep his head up or something. But, like, my God, like, that was the biggest charge I've ever seen in my entire life. Now, he skated charge- 190 feet to kill him. Yeah, I guess I guess if you if you want to strip it back to black and white, right? As far as rules go, you got to look at that that aspect. How many steps do you take before absolutely demolishing somebody? Well, in distance traveled too, because I think in the rule book, like distance traveled is kind of the main component of charging. But he skated 190 feet, like full on, head down. Yeah, he, he was skated- going. He, he was going faster than Matthew Chuck's ever skated in his life to just kill that guy. That was nuts. Full tilt. He's a big boy. I mean, I don't know. Do the physics on that. Like, what was the impact? He, and, and Evans was out before hitting the ice. It was insane. So, it was a terrible hit. I'm actually really surprised they gave him that much for suspension because I – I don't get player safety, man. Like Tom Wilson, how many goddamn times has he done this in the last year? Like, obviously, it wasn't that obvious and out there. But, I mean, he's made similar hits, <laughs> and he doesn't ever seem to pay the pay the punishment. So, it was kind of weird. I, I mean, I'm glad, but it was weird. I mean, in terms of people are like, oh, Evans needs to keep his head up. Like, I don't know. My take kind of on it, I think he knew he was going to get smacked there. And just kind of was like bearing down to bury the puck. I didn't think he probably didn't think he was going to get absolutely fucking steamrolled. Like, I don't think he didn't see Shifley. Like, he probably knew he was going to get a get get hit there, but not killed. Yeah, that's the the old, you know, take a hit, make a play. Remember yeah. Stefan Yell doing that. But yeah, like I, I don't know. I thought the hit yeah. was I thought the hit was brutal and I thought the suspension was surprisingly accurate. And I think the other thing too about it is the biggest thing for me is like it was unnecessary. Yeah, was it, it was like it was like I, Shifley was just pissed off, is what it looked like. Yeah, because Shifley's saying no, no, I'm trying to prevent a goal. No way. But it's like, dude, you weren't preventing shit. That was going in. You were going to get there in time. The only thing you could have done was to absolutely clobber him. And so you did that. And that's that's kind of where I sat with it. That's why I think it was unnecessary. And then because you made an unnecessary hit, most likely because you were frustrated. You're taking your frustration on the guy. I mean, hopefully he's okay. But, dude, fuck. His face hits the ice afterwards. It's not good. I mean, like, I don't even know how long he was out for it, but that was nasty. My, my favorite part was Paul Maurice's comments about, that's a clean hit, feet were on, that's a clean hit. This fucking loser, this clown, who spent how many days last offseason, last, last summer, claiming that Matthew Chuck viciously, viciously tried to stab Mark Shrefley in the calf with his skate and sever his Achilles tendon on purpose. He did it on purpose. Try to use a skate. Dirty. As a as a knife. As a knife. Filthy. Filthy. Sounds like Schmeagle. He has the audacity to say that's a clean hit. 
I hate Paul Maurice and I hate the Jets. I'm glad they beat the Oilers and I can go back to hating them. All right, we got it. We got to We have to weave this in because as we're talking Jets, I can't help. And I'm sure if you're listening and you're if you spend any time on Twitter, then you know what I'm talking about. But there's probably some listeners that are just Insta people. But on the last podcast, I brought this up because there was some dipshit trash talking Mangiapani. <laughs> So after the podcast, a few people were asking me about it because they listened to the podcast. And so I had I, I did some sleuthing. I got Twitter to help me out. And I found the motherfucker. <laughs> I didn't need to because Twitter had had a lock stock on barrel waiting for waiting for this guy to have to make him meet his words. But Brett Chesley, everybody. Brett Chesley. Round of applause for Brett for one of the worst takes of the entire decade. (laughs) Turns out at least he wasn't a writer. He was just a stupid Jets fan. Coming off a high after having swept the Coilers, thought his team was good for two minutes, talking smack about Mangiapane. And basically all he said is that Team Canada on Twitter makes a post. All right, he's in. They should have a picture of Mangiapane because he – he was delayed with the whole quarantine thing. Team Canada goes 0-3 before Mangiapane plays. They're, they're already backs up against the wall. They're playing these must-win games pretty much from then on out. Mangiapane comes in the lineup. Team's undefeated. Well, Mangiapane, well, I guess they lost in overtime the first time against Finland, but cruised. And Mangiapane was instrumental. And ends up winning the tournament MVP. Woo! Now, <laughs> I think we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago when the Edmonton Coilers got absolutely swept. And then again, when the Leafs and Leafs Nation had to deal with getting punked after their team chokes again, how sweet justice can be. It was pretty funny, man. I haven't seen anything like this. I think this might be the funniest thing I've seen actually on Twitter this season is that the entire Flames Twitter was just mocking this guy so hard after this. And it was funny because it's not like it's not like two or three people caught on to it and saw it. Everybody, dude. <laughs> like literally everybody on Twitter that I that I interact with was in on it. So if you, if you missed it at Brett Chestley, B R E T T C H E S T L E Y, because he's gotta (sighs) go get him, go get him, go get that bitch. This should be a, this should be a recurring segment where we find the worst takes flames takes on Twitter and make these people pay for their malfeasance. So anyways, what he said, right. In response to the tweet that Team Canada says, he goes something along the lines of Flames fans go, yay. The rest of Canada goes, who? And he's like, the Flames need to fix their top six. This guy's not even, he wouldn't play in the top six on any of the roster in the league. So anyways, good on you if you were part of it, Flames. Flames Nation just absolutely crushing this guy. Totally deserved it. Honestly, kind of the funniest. I 
It, it was just really funny. One of the funniest things I've seen is that it, the entire Flames Nation piling on, on Twitter. It's great. Andrew Mangia, who? Andrew fucking Mangia Pawnee. That's who, bitch. And then not only that, <laughs> two days later, his team gets swept. Fuck. See? So I'm saying See? the Jets serve their purpose. Now they can screw off and suck. I don't care about the Jets. I hate the and Jets. This, and this is why you and I, we don't talk shit. Until, we, until we're lifting the cup, I'm not talking shit. I'm not talking jack shit. I oh, never man. talk shit. Don't talk, I talk shit. shit about, I talk shit about Brad you Living. But again, that's my own team, right? I'm not out here going, Brad you Living's such a genius. Oh, man. Oh, oh the guy. He's got us well, how many playoff wins in seven years? He's a genius. Listen, I'm very proud of my boy, Andrew Mangipani. Um, this dude is a stud. This dude is going to get paid. This dude is probably going to be the best player on our team next year. If Matthew Chuck doesn't get his shit together next year, the dude is awesome. He's great. I want him to be a flame forever. So the thing about Monge, I mean, look, we all know this. It's his work ethic, man, because he's not the highest, highly, highly, most highly skilled guy. If he was, he'd score 40 goals with that work ethic. Yeah. But he's a smart player. And he's, 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 he is skilled and he's got a good shot. He's got a no, I think who was it? Uh, the, the, the color broadcaster for TSN. Mike Johnson, Mike Johnson, absolute beauty. He's got a nose for the net. That's what he said. I said, you know what? I haven't heard anybody explain Monji Pony to a T like that. He's got a nose for the net. He's got a nose for the hard places. Like, he knows how to get it done. I mean, and he's a small guy. That's why, oh, man, he's such a beauty of a player. Well, you think about his goals. You think about a lot of the goals he scores. It is taking the puck to the net, driving the puck to the net. You think about that goal he scored, the only Flames goal in playoff memory that was a positive experience because we weren't losing the game. That that game one goal he scored against Colorado Avalanche drives the puck right to the net. How many goals does this guy score in tight, in close, in those highly contested areas. He gets where he needs to go. Yep. You know who else um, he reminds me of is Connor Garland. I think we should try and get Connor Garland. Dude, we need Connor Garland so bad. I was watching that tournament thinking, holy shit, those, those two guys in a line together? Come on. Come on. Just throw them on the wing with Monaghan in the middle. They'll get money going. They'll get him going. Imagine that's your top six. Keep the same top line. You got that's all you got to do. Just add one fucking player. <laughs> Can you imagine and, going against Manji Pani and, and Garland on the same line? That's like a that's a, a what's a, a hound oh. a but but you want to talk about buzz saws? Holy shit! Those two guys are buzz saws. Yeah, because even Daryl kind of said something similar with throwing uh, Dubé and Manji Pani on the wings with yeah. Sean Monahan. Four checking monsters, that? hard on the puck, nose for the net. Yes, please. Please. Connor Garland is basically Mangiapani. They're the same, same, same breed. If Connor Garland is available and you don't go get him, you are you should not have a job in the NHL. I'm sorry, Brad, true living. Like, I'm sorry. Like that would be a criminal sin. If he's available, if he's out there. You can't you uh can't you use some of your past Arizona coyote, you know. 
relationships. Just pry this guy out of there. I love what you said the other day. We were talking about the current situation with Brad living, and you're like, "Yeah, I like, I like how we're all surprised that how'd you put it." I said, I like how we're all surprised that that plucking the remnants of the Arizona Coyotes lower middle management has not led to success. Brad Living and Don Maloney. Like, wow, I never saw that one coming. You go take the two like mid-level cogs from a shitty organization. That's what we're going to do. Like, wow, I'm blown away. They got a real robust track record over there in Arizona. (laughs) When they're not busy trying to fill seats and uh, actually – Keep a team in the city. I mean, they made it to the conference finals once when Brad was assistant GM, I guess. So wasn't wasn't yeah, it was Smith in that, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, See, it, he, all comes, it all comes full circle here on this. He was really good. He was really good that year, actually. Well, was he though? He probably was, right? I think he was. The thing is, Smith just- was so good for like a few years there. Yeah, he really was, eh? You know what's funny? I was watching... What was I watching? I was watching random highlights from an Oilers-Dallas game. I don't even know what it was, but Smith is in net, and I didn't know this until, like... So, the Oilers, this is, like, in 2000. Yeah, he's in net for Dallas. And I didn't know. I was like, who's that goalie? Because I thought it was Marty Turco. He gets a shot in the mask or something and flops, like, an absolute... I'm like, who is this clown? And he takes his... His helmet comes off. He's laying there on the ice like he's dead. Dude, pops up and no, he had this short hair back then. Pops up and it's Mike Smith. I'm like, God, God you hate that guy. God, I hate that guy so much. God, we hate that guy. All right, Such any other crazy, stats? Sir. Any other mod stats you want to throw up? Well, listen, like, I mean, it's kind of funny that like everybody is like, oh, Manjapani, he's pretty good little players. Like, we've been banging his drum for three years. It's like. This guy is awesome. He was awesome in junior. He was awesome. And I mean, okay, you know what? One thing I will give Bradshaw Living major props for right now is his un, his is his willingness to draft to take chances on smaller skilled guys, right? Manjupani, Matt Phillips. Um, I mean Dubé, right? Like he's not afraid. Pelche, he's not afraid to to go over the smaller skill guys. I'll give him major props for that. And maybe it's more major props for the scouting team. At the end of the day, Brad Living has the final say. He has not been hesitant to draft small, skilled guys. You get Manjipani in the sixth round. He was great in Barry. He was great in the AHL. I remember reading about him. Kent Wilson, props to Kent. He did an article about him before he had played an NHL game, saying, like, you know what? This kid is on track to be a really good NHL player. I, he he wrote an article, I think it was like in 2017, talking about how Manjipani was pretty much lighting up the AHL. I think by Kent's parameters, players in the AHL under the age of 22 who had played 30 more games, Manjipani was putting up like the 11th best season since like 2007. So there have been signs that this guy is going to be a stud for a long time. He comes into the lineup as a kind of semi-regular in 2018. And I mean, how did everybody remembers how good that line was with him and Hathaway and Derek Ryan? Like they were they were, maybe, they were probably the team's best line that year, right? Well, for the last 18 games of the season, they were the best line. And then, I mean, I know everybody say, oh, he's got his coming out party this year. Like, he was fucking phenomenal last year. Like, yep. that 3M line, 
2.0 was probably one of the best, not probably, was one of the best lines in the league down the stretch in the last 10, 20 games. That was an elite line. Like, he was so good last year. He was on pace for, what, probably almost 30 goals last year. How many do you have? 17 in a shortened season? Like, did they even did they even try that line once this season? I don't think they did. Maybe I think Ward had it together for that one Ottawa series where he had Lindholm back with Johnny Amani. But like, it, it really does bug me to this day that they they haven't they didn't try those two lines again for a longer look. It's like we were talking about this. Did we talk about this on the show? Because uh, Jay Fresh put out Jay Fresh Hockey put out some data, like the most dominant lines over the past like five years or something. And the Lindholm Monahan Gaudreau trio in their 2018, 2019 was like 10th on the, on that list in terms of goals for share, like actual goals. Yeah. And so what happened? You saw what happened though. And then like the three M line with Manjapani, once they moved for, once they switched him out with for those guys were awesome. Like, like I'm not kidding you. Like awesome. Like you want to talk about a play driving line. That line. Remember, that, remember that game against Nashville, the first, or was the Chucky one the same one? I think it was the same one. Remember there was like, what, no, you 30 know what? seconds? They, they blew that game. I remember. I, I know the one you're talking about. Manjipani and Backlund score to like tie and yeah, give yeah. the Flames the lead, but then they fucking blew it. That, okay, so they blew that one, but then they won the, the next one the next season. They always have wild games in Nashville. Eh? Yeah, I know. I want to see a Flames-Predators playoff series so bad. So can we keep them in the top six now? But I mean, seriously, like he's the he's probably the third best forward this team has. No, like here's what else. Here's I think the best way to qualify what Manjapani brings you. I think he is what people think Lindholm is for real. He's a play driving forward who scores goals. If you played him with Johnny Gaudreau over a six over an eighty two game season, I guarantee you he's scoring thirty goals. So. <laughs> I'm not I'm not complaining because they used him fine this year. He was playing power play. Finally, he was playing on the penalty kill. He's playing all situations. He is this team's best all situations player, without a doubt. What's and, what do you think his ceiling is? Oh man. Like, I mean, I mean he, maybe you just maybe you just said it, right? If he was with Goudreau for a full season, 30 goals. I think he's a 30 goal scorer for sure. No doubt. He scored 18 this year. Like, wasn't he pro-rated? Like, 18 and 56 games is, like, 27 pro-rated? Do the math real quick. Yeah, 26 maybe? 25? 26, 26 rounded down. So, he was on pace to be a 30-goal guy this year. Um, You give him, you actually, and again, those were five on five. I posted this the other day on Instagram, but but counting the leaders, like, this is league-wide. The leaders in five on five goals this year. Like, the leaders. In the league, he's tied with Alex yeah. Barkov for five out of five goals. Flames and, say yeah. The rest of Canada says who? I'm just gonna throw some. I'm just gonna quickly run through this list. Sorry if it's a little redundant, but okay. Uh, the five That's, on uh, Brett. Brett, this is Brett, for you. Brett, pay attention. Brett, this Chest, Brett Chesley at Brett Chestley. That's E Y at Twitter. This is for you, Brett. This one's for you, bitch. Uh, five on five goal leaders this year. Austin Matthews with 28. Connor McDavid with 18. Miko Rantanen with 18. Mitch Marner, Jacob Vrana, Joel Erickson, Eck, all with 17. Brad Marchand, Kirill Kaprizov, Kyle Connor, Joel Farabee, Alex DeBrinkat with 16. Matt Barzil, Alex Barkov, Andrew Manjapani with 15. Players. Those are players. 
So you give him more power play time, he's his goal total is going up. You play him more minutes. You you don't play him with Backlund and Lucic on your quote unquote third line. Um, he's gonna get more goals. You you play him in Brett Ritchie's spot. If you give him if you gave Brett Ritchie for a large shed, a large chunk this season, come on. So well, this guy, this that. is the guy. This is the guy who we need, where we should be excited about. This is the guy we've been excited about for years. So it's just it's it's awesome to see it come to fruition. It's it's absolutely dynamite. As for a ceiling, like doesn't he? I'm not saying I, this is gonna go around. Everybody's gonna be like, like said, Manjapani's Brad Marchand, but doesn't he remind you a bit of how Brad Marchand plays? Oh no, because when I think of Brad Marchand, I think of but, like, but it get rid of all, I think of like rid of all the high shit, high end skill. I know, I but light. Of, look, as far as skill factor, and I'm not saying you can't get there, but they're not even close. As far as like high end skill goes, but, but you got. But remember, but, remember Marshawn's early, early career though. Marshawn? Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. I'm just thinking the last five years. Maybe. Early, early in his career, like when the Bruins even won the cup that year, he was not a top line player. Like it took him a while to really hit his stride. Like he was a great player. Don't get me wrong, but so he what, he went from what, being like a twenty ish, twenty five middling not middling 25 to 30 goal scorer to like he's scoring almost 100 points every year what age did did brad marchand really make the shift curious well his first like you look at his stats just in like first five years he, he the first time he hit the 30 goal plateau was in 2015 2016 37 goals up from 24 the year previous then he's just been on a tear ever since and he's been one of the most elite He's he's probably the best winger in the game today. No, so oh, I, I dude, he's, he's top five players in the league for me. Oh, you yeah. have him in fantasy that one year. I mean, he's, he I guys. have him in fantasy every year. He's fucking awesome. Oh, so clutch. Like, I don't think Manjipani is going to be at that level, but Ma, he like Marshan hit his prime in like 27, 28, and he still seems to be in it. So I'm just saying, I see I see some similarities. They both play in all situations. Both really good with Buck. Both really smart players. Skates well. So, fuck, Marchand has been good, man. He's been unreal. Yeah, I would say if you're looking at the comparing them now, no. But maybe if you go back further, maybe there's a little bit more of a... A, a pre-100-point like Brad Marchand. Okay. Well, I can't. I don't know. I can't remember. But I'll take your word for it. So, Brad Living needs to make it number one priority to extend him this offseason. I don't think he will because who knows what he's going to be up to. But I mean, and I was, we were saying this last off season and I don't know why some people were giving a shit and being like, I said straight up, I would easily without a hesitation, give this guy the same contract they gave Lindholm, like not even thinking about it. Absolutely. You give him that you give him five years at four point. What does Lindholm make? 4.85. That's a slam dunk for me. Like you forget. He's not that much older than Lindholm or younger than Lindholm. I think right now he's only a year younger than Lindholm. He's already putting up better numbers than Lindholm did in hit at his age. In, in like, he, I just it's a slam dunk to song to have signed this guy long term. Yeah, I mean he's a funny one because he's not flashy. I mean that's if if he was flashy and not and and I don't know just maybe just more overly skilled and he wasn't as good all around, more people would know who he is. Like, let's say he wasn't as good as an overall player, but he was more flashy. He'd be a household name already, but 
that's not the case. I mean, he's just kind of yeah, like a good point. He's one of those players. He's probably always going to be underrated for that reason. Well, it's, pro- it's, pro- it's probably like a Joel Erickson Eck thing in, in, in Minnesota. Like those are probably two good comparable players who are like dynamite, but nobody seems to know. Yep. So I don't know if I'm, Brad, if I'm Brad, Canada says who, if I'm Brad, she living my number one goal, this off, my number one priority this off season is, is signing Andrew Mangipani. Um, extending I extending i i don't think he's going to and i i really hope this nickel and diming of manji panny does not come to does not come back to bite this team in the ass as i fear it will he's too good of a guy dude for that yeah but i mean brad's done this twice to him right like he's he's nickel and dime him yeah but brad him twice he goes he doesn't say i'm nickel and dime he goes look we really need to work on the rest of the cap i mean you heard what mckinnon said I sent you that thing. He's McKinnon straight up says when I have to resign with this team, I'll take a, a discount again. Cause I like playing on a good team. It's crazy. What building a winning culture does. eh? Yeah. I kind of like winning more than I do an extra. What? Five mil over three years. Whatever the fuck it is. I don't know. I don't think Monge. Yeah. Cause you know, Brad's, Selling the whole, he's not nickel and diming saying, yeah, yeah, he's selling the whole big picture. That's why, even why Kachuk took the bridge, right? It's like he convinces these guys, and he's probably right. He's, he's looking at the, you know, the cap and the roster as a whole. Well, um, I, I would believe him a little more if he's doing what Joe Sackick's doing and, well, bringing, yeah, if he, and bringing look, in guys like Burkowski and Devon Taves and Donskoy and Kadri and Carl Soderberg and, and like so on and so forth. Right. Like I'd be a little more on board with, with that. If, as he, opposed if, to, he, actually, if he actually knew what he was doing. Yeah. Like, as opposed sure. to bridging Kachuk. Cause Oh, Matthew, we have no money left because, Oh yeah, we're paying Lucic five, two, five. And we're never going to relinquish geo. Like I, yeah, I'd be a little more, I'd be a little more on board for sure with that notion. If he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he leaves that part out. Eh? Yeah. Oh, because I fucked up the last three contracts I signed. Uh, we got to we got to sign you to a bridge. You're okay with being a team guy, though, right? <laughs> exactly. See, that's what I'm saying. You're putting the cart before the horse here. He's using that as an excuse. Oh, I fucked up, but well, he's just not a team guy. If he doesn't sign this team friendly deal, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. Like I ran this cap into the ground. Oh. Starts with me, but it wasn't my fault. They sucked. It's really hard to do things, you guys. My job's really hard. It starts with me, but I didn't overpay Neil. He underperformed. The thing that I am curious about is like why the, not that I think Rasmus won't be fine, like because he will be. Um, but it is kind of curious they were so quick to to you know dole out his money and so hesitant to dole out money for Manjbani. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Yes, it is. Although when Ras got his deal, we were fine with it. Because no, I'm I'm still fine with it. But just, we but we weren't fine. With Mangiapane not not getting paid. No, for sure. I was annoyed. Yeah. And you were too. And I mean, a lot of people were because it's like, well, shit, he's going to obviously be awesome. And I mean, I'm sure part of that is too, is Mangiapane knowing he's going to be awesome and betting on himself. But it would have been nice to get get him locked up for like a little longer. Do you think there's any possibility that Brad uh, extends him this this offseason? I mean, there's a possibility, but it would, it would blow my mind. Yeah, I don't think he will. I think 
And I think this is just, you know, the nature of where you're at. If you're Brad, you're living, you're not really doing much um, this season. I think that what Tree Living is doing. Yeah, exactly. He's not, he's not, you, you, he's not thinking about that. He's thinking Manjapani's next contract extension is not going to be my problem because I'm probably fired if we don't do some serious damage next next season. So he's just thinking about how do I cobble together a contending team over the next three months. He's going to, you're going to see a calculated Hail Mary, what a calculated Hail Mary looks like. Calculated. Yeah, I don't. Brad's not the try. They got the guy to go out and throw a real Hail Mary. He's going to give us a calculated Hail Mary. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Except he's using like a. Uh, it's going to be a Hail Mary with no balls. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> well, you know what? Probably a good thing because, I mean. It's funny. I don't know why we were talking have about the brains behind the balls for it to work. And I don't, I don't know why we were talking about this the other day, but it was like, you just look at some of the moves. Like, uh, yeah, it was the Berger. We were talking about Bergevin. It's like, wow, some nice little moves there. And then we were talking about, I think the Verona trade. It's just like some of these trades, these GMs pull off are just like, wow, that's a good trade. Like so good. Like you look at some of the Tampa Bay players, they've added Coleman guys who are just like really good. It's like, it's like Brad is just like so far out of his league, man. Looks that way. I mean, the only thing he should be doing is you got to make a couple of shrewd moves and make your top six better. And so I don't, I don't even know if he should be extending Monge. I mean, but I guess if you do, does it, does it take effect this, uh, this upcoming season? No, it would kick in the next year. So the next year, that's the other thing too, is that. So then you could extend him now. What do you, it wouldn't even matter for this season. No, it won't matter for this season. Um, the, the thing is, the next offseason, so the se- offseason of 22-23, that's the big one. And that's kind of like a mar- a marker in all Flames fans' calendar, and I'm sure in the organization. Kachuk's, in our, Kachuk's deal is up. Johnny's deal is up. Manjipani's current deal is up, if you don't extend him. And Geo is up. That's going to be the offseason where it's big-time changes happen, if it's not next offseason. So... Maybe you just are waiting and you're going to have a shit ton of money available anyways. I don't know, but teams, so that, that's, that's the, a- that's the inflection point is that 22, 23 season when, and that's why I'm, I'm worried. That's why it's like if Manjipani comes out next year, which he probably will puts up 25, 30 goals. You're not getting this. You're not getting a nice little deal that you could have had. And if you want to retain, even if you don't want to retain Gaudreau, I mean, you still want to have more money available to you, do you not? I just think everything points to Manjapani only getting better. Why not take care of this and save yourself some money? So that big offseason that you said, is that the end of next season or the one after? The one after. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, holy shit. Wow. It I, is. I mean, it is the next. It's the end of next season. The end of next season. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So yeah, he. This is it. I mean, that's why I'm saying. I mean, he's it. he's not doing much other than trying to make one more splash and see if they can have some success next season. And if not, hopefully he's not there for the blow up phase. He'll be there. <laughs> he'll be he'll be there in the back with a smug look, eating his Boston pizza. Eh? He'll be there. The new rink will probably be called like Boston Pizza Event Center. Just call it Jim Tree Living Center. <laughs> Fuck sakes. 
Okay. I mean, so yeah, can we leave him in the top six now? And I get it. Daryl Sutter is just, he's trying to figure out his lineup, but there was games there when Mangiapane was playing like 11 minutes and Brett Ritchie was playing 16. So yeah. figure it the fuck out. And I think this is probably, I don't know if this is a good thing or not, but you know, this is a good thing that now the, the coach, I mean, Mangiapane is the MVP of the tournament. You think Daryl is going to feel comfortable not playing him in the top six all year long? Like, like this is probably a good thing that the coach is going to have a pretty good indication of who this player is going into the next season right off the hop. Well, and even if you take out the world championship, like he was probably the third or fourth best player on the team this year. Yeah. So like, <laughs> does Daryl know that though? He probably does. I think he does. Brad probably doesn't, but all right, let's go. Let's, let's wrap up the playoffs here and then we'll get to some final RFA questions or just free agent questions. I want to ask you. Unless there's any more Manji Pony love you want to give. I mean, I could go off. I could start a podcast that's just based solely to Andre Manji Pony. So, was it on Instagram for a while? You that you had the oh no, that's your that's your Twitter handle, right? Uh, the, oh the yeah, Manji my Twitter Manji. handle still says the president of the Andre Manji Pony fan club, bro. Like, yeah, I mean, you're getting everybody everybody props. I'll give you props because what a baller! Start, when we started this thing, he was. Um, he hadn't broken out yet. I mean, all his underlings were there. And I said, look, I'll get on board when I see the county stats align up. And they did the last two seasons. So you were Ooh-wee. right. You were right. Ooh. All right. It happens once in a while. Knights, Avs. The last time we were on here, I think it was just a week ago. Um, I think the Avs had only won one game. But then they went, they go up 2 nothing, And everybody's like, including us, holy shit. The Avs are going to route the Knights? What is going on? And then the series shifts back to Vegas, full stadium, and Vegas looks like Vegas. This has been a really great series. This has been an all-timer, man. Like, it is so fun to watch. That game three, was it game three that was the one that was just, it was just like back and forth and back and forth in the game yesterday. There was like, there was a, there was a, there was a play in like the second, I think, where the, the whistle didn't go for like 10 minutes. Yeah, that was it a was, few times. It was just like, holy shit, this is fun to watch. That was, was back incredible and to watch. Yeah, that's, yeah. Game three was was the best game. I remember, yeah, because oh, the Avs had the, the lead late and then the Knights scored late to tie it up and then went ahead late. Yeah. All within a matter of five minutes. Watching that with a full stadium is like water in a desert, man. Like, oh, in so terms good. of what we've had to watch in over the last year, in terms of hockey content and no fans and like it's just been dry shit. Seeing that was it's just a absolute delight. So where are you at now? Um, because after after games one and two, you're like, okay, the Avs are taking this series. I thought the Knights would have gave them a little more. And then the tables completely turn. Game three was closer, but after game four, it was like, dude, are the Knights going to win the rest of the games? Like they look like the much better team in game four. So it's going to be interesting going back to Colorado. I mean, the Avs are going to have to respond. I mean, they got severely outplayed in game four. They got smoked in game four. Like Like, absolutely smoked. It was kind of like game one. 
And the thing that's crazy is like, I guess with the, with the golden Knights, like I always, like I am a huge Mark stone guy, obviously. And Pacioretty's fantastic, but like, I kind of, for some reason, always forget how good Marsha and Smith are. Yeah. The second line, Sam wall and William Carlson. Second line. That's their second line. That's a, that's a good first line on, on most teams. So like, and Vegas does play like, I don't know, man, like, if one team plays insane on home ice, it's the Vegas Golden Knights. But they do play, they do play a very specific brand of hockey, and it's a little heavier. And uh, I don't know. This could like this is this is going to be so fascinating to watch. I can't even wait to watch. Is it tomorrow night on Tuesday night? I literally can't wait because oh, these man. these are these are the two best offensive teams. In the league, are they not? The the two probably the two best teams at creating scoring chances, anyways. Like they just shoot and create and go back and they go forth and they go back and they go forth and they're flying. It's just it's mind blowing. So my my read on it is, I feel like somebody's gonna have to win a game on the road to win this series. I know Colorado doesn't have to, but doesn't that kind of feel like feel like where we're at? Yeah, I think that um, yeah, I don't think the the Knights are losing at home. So if you're Colorado, you have to win both games at home. <laughs> and the thing is, this is I, this is not scientifically proven, but I think it tracked it one year. The first team to win two games straight in a playoff series wins it pretty often, unless the other team can win two two games straight. And then the second team who wins two games straight will win it. It's right. a we, it's a weird phenomenon. So and momentum is wild, and you know with the Avalanche like. A couple people have said this, but it does kind of like it feels kind of like there was a year when the Red Wings were like I can't remember. I think it was after they had won their two Stanley Cups, but they were unbelievable and they had gone six and zero to start the playoffs. Like they were crazy good. I think it was the year Dallas won the Stanley Cup. Actually, that was a. Um, but they won the first six, and then they just kind of got clobbered, and Colorado beat them in round two. Theo Fleury was on that team. That was the year the Avs had Theo, and. That's kind of what it feels like. It feels like a juggernaut who's just maybe kind of run into a playoff machine in the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, well, after game four, yeah, it does feel like that. Game one and two? No, it didn't. This series is up and down right now, dude. That's so, why I love the playoffs so much. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also – I'm fascinated to see what happens Tuesday night. Did you confirm it's Tuesday night? I think so. I'm really curious to see what adjustments the Avs make because if, if they play like they did in game four, um, they're fucked because then you're going down 3-2 must win in Vegas. I don't think you're winning in Vegas. They just got too much good juju there, man. But we'll see. Bedner, I think, got a coach in game four, but not by a lot. I just think the team was way better. So we're going to have to see some adjustments here. Let's see how Bender adjusts for game five back in the Mile High State. Can't wait. They, um, the, the Avs are also really good at home, though, eh? I mean, the Avs are really good. It is, it is Tuesday night. So this will, this will air on Tuesday, and um, 
you're probably watching the game or already seen it by the time you heard this or whatever. But yeah, whew, I don't know. What what series do you like more? This is obviously more exciting. I low-key really like the Isles and Bruins series. Yeah, I mean, it's weird text about this is like we're both kind of pulling for the Isles right now. I mean, the Vegas Colorado series, like if both are on at the same time, there's no way I'm even flipping the Boston New York series for a second because like the other series is too fun to watch. But dude, like the Islanders, man. You want to talk about you want to talk about electric building? Nassau oh, Coliseum man. was bumping. Dude. When Matt Barzell scored that goal the other night. I want Matt Barzell on the flame so bad. Can you just imagine Matt Barzell between Johnny Gaudreau and Lindholm or something? Like, holy shit. Dude, you know he'd, he would go after Martin way before he goes after – is it Martin I'm thinking of? Yeah. He'd go after Martin, the big the big guy. Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck. Dude, that fourth line – now that is a fourth line. Is It's Clutterbuck, Martin, and who's the other guy? I don't remember somebody else, but that is a they had them on the ice for that empty net goal. Sezikis, maybe. Yeah. Um, Shit, man. It, They're playing a team game, like you said. That's the biggest thing. Well, the reason why I like this series so much is it's so fucking greasy. Oh man, there's like there's no room. There's no room. And I don't know who you were talking about. You're you were alluding to the, the Canadians. The Islanders are like this too, right? They just kind of sit back, defend, and then they wait for their opportunities and they got enough skill to capitalize. And that game today where the Islanders, they go up 4-2. I just, you just knew that that game was far from over. And then they made it 5-2, I think, and then it ended up being 5-4. It was close. But, dude, it's greasy. You know the Bruins aren't <laughs> – it's going to be tough winning the game back at Nassau when the fans are going to be jacked. But the Bruins, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they force a game seven. But I honestly, I like the Isles um, to win this series now that they're up. And I think they're like my low key. I'm cheering for them. I know you are too. I'm cheering for them, not because of the style of play, not for anything. Because You know what? Kind of for the style of play, too, though. They're just kind of I like, like the style of play. Greasy underdog, it's right? so greasy, dude. And it's like, like, it's not greasy in a boring way. Like, it's entertaining. Like, it's, it's a fight. It's a battle. Um, like, you, they're, they're literally, like, you remember the Any Given Sunday speech by Al Pacino? Yeah. So you got to fight for that inch. And you got to claw with your finger. Like, that's how they play every shift. It's fun to watch. It's kind of reminds me of the old four carrier flames. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Exactly. It's like you might think that playing heavy defense and, you know, heavy four check and like just, you know, rope a doping and whatever, just playing greasy is boring. This is not boring hockey. These guys are really exciting to watch, especially when they're playing at home. Holy shit. Yeah, I, I love the Nassau energy. That is some wild shit right there, bro. Like, is is that not one of the b- most fun crowds to watch? Like, I I got I guess maybe I'm just like I'm totally forgetting what hockey crowds are like because I haven't seen them in a goddamn two years. But not as good as the dome when the dome is ruckus, but uh, all red, see a red. But yeah, it's pretty sick. You gotta this say is... Jordan Jordan Everly would have looked nice in a Flames uniform too. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah. Uh, that's that's also another reason I'm cheering for them. Anybody has an ex Oiler that they fucked up by letting them go, I cheer for them as well. Yeah, how are those guys who are Taylor Hall, Jordan Everly, all those bums who could never perform in the playoffs? Oh could wait, ever- they, they only made the playoffs once. I forgot. 
Everybody was a little, everybody was a little lights out tonight. Yeah, this is my this is my favorite series. I think the Avs Knights is the best series, but this is my favorite series to watch. Yeah, and I gotta say, I'm kind of bummed the Kings are getting the, hammered. The Bulls are just too good. They're just too good. Their power play is on another goddamn level, man. Who do you think has a better chance of being Tampa, the Bruins? Or the Islanders? I think the Islanders do. I don't know, man. I don't bet you're against. Looking at, I don't bet against Patrice Bergeron. You're looking at matchups, but I don't know, man. Interesting. Anyways, Tampa's up three-one. I know you're rooting for the Canes. I haven't watched much of this series. It's just I fucking hate Tampa so much. But, but man, Kucherov is just like, holy shit, dude. He scores this goal on a two on one last night or yesterday. Oh, yeah, that was disgusting. Like, dude, like, does who does that? He winds up and rips on the ice, like, half clapper from the high slot. Nobody saw that coming and beats Mrazic. Like, it was it's unreal. Nice. Just whips it. Like, I'll, his shot has to be the best in the league. Like, he's got an insane shot. He can beat you anyway. Incredible shot by Kucherov. So I don't know who is stopping Kucherov. Like, they're just too good, man. They're just too good. Their power play is insane. Vasilevsky is insane. They're just too good. I I don't know how anyone... I honestly don't know how anyone's going to beat them. Abs and Knights? They might beat them. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, look, after after game one with the Avs Knights, the way the Avs came out, you're like, holy shit, these guys can beat Tampa. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I guess we'll see how injuries injuries play out. All I know is that... Like, dude, you're... Kucherov's leading the playoffs in scoring. He was he didn't play all years. Leading them in scoring. Yeah, ridiculous. Like, he's nuts. All I know is if you're looking at the final four, Montreal's in there. <laughs> Dude, you know Montreal's winning the cup now. You know it. You know that's how hockey works. No, you know what's going to happen is Montreal is going to beat Montreal will beat Vegas or Colorado, and they'll play Tampa Bay. That's what's going to happen. And then Tampa will just like wreck them. It'll be the most lopsided Stanley Cup final in history. I think they're going to get swept because we saw this. I think the same year. Yeah, 1819 when when the Columbus Blue Jackets swept Tampa, then they got swept the next round, and then wh- whoever swept them got swept the third round. I think that's what's going to happen. The Habs are going to get swept in the third round. Oh, you you are falling prey to the to the trap of of thinking the NHL playoffs make any sense whatsoever. I'm just going on history repeating itself. <laughs> There's I'm, no way. Come on. There's no dude, way the Habs are winning. Dude, this, this is the NHL. It's the dumbest, most weird league on earth. I still don't think it's that dumb, dude. You you know we're getting a Tampa Bay. Canadians dude, are Canadians dude, are gonna dude, make it out. <laughs> no, no we're way. getting a New York Islanders Montreal Canadiens Stanley Cup final. You no, know no. it. You know you never, it. You never get it on both sides. It's just one side. Hey, how so sick would pick, a Boston Montreal Stanley Cup? Well, yeah, that's what people have been saying, but I don't see that here. Anyways, you you know the Stanley Cup final is always dog shit. Like, when's the last time the Stanley Cup final was the two best teams in the league duking it out for the 
for the Stanley Cup. Like it's there's always some weird ass team in there. It's like, what are they doing there? Like, yeah, like Dallas last year, Vegas, the year Montreal, the, like the year that the, the three years the Canadian teams had a run at Calgary, Edmonton, Ottawa, all go to the Stanley Cup finals. Vancouver, it's so they, weird, right? That you know what? That's probably the last time is Boston, Vancouver. That's probably the last Stanley Cup final where it's like best on best. Yeah, like it's probably two of the best teams in the league going for the Stanley Cup. That's probably the last time. Like the Stanley Cup finals have been. Like, remember those years LA won the cup and it was like they're playing New Jersey and like Marty Broders and that. It's like, aren't you like 50 years old? Like, what? So, do you want to bet some money on the, on this next round? Then you really think the Habs are gonna Fuck make dude, it? I'm not betting nothing. I'm betting nothing. I'll give you, Habs, I'll give you four to one odds. No, <laughs> no, not doing it. All right. Um, let's shift gears. We'll wrap it up on the flames front. We wanted to touch on this. Johnny Gaudreau, the Flames did a nice little, uh, nice little segment on Johnny Gaudreau getting his his college degree and all that kind of stuff. But in there, there's some hockey flame stuff they're talking about. You pointed this out, man. This is great that you caught this. Uh, Johnny, you know, he's talking about how. Well, here's the quote. I think for me, most of the guys, and we've never really had this, but uh, head coach Daryl. He gave us a start date for training camp. Mine is June 14th. Normally, I just go home, take a few weeks off, and figure out the best idea based on how my body was feeling. What do you mean normally? How is that normal? What professional sports organization does that? This is the first time he's ever received a start date for training camp. First time. So when Daryl goes out and says, yeah, there was a there's a shitty job done by management and also the organization of setting goals for this team. Don't have a fucking start start date for training camp. Oh man. Oh, I mean, you can't just well, what, do, what do you think Ward? What do you think the word from message or the message from Ward? Yeah, just have fun. Mix in a couple rounds of CrossFit, maybe some Twister for a little family game night uh, fitness. It's really fun. Just above all, just have keep fit and have fun, everybody. Oh yeah, and uh, work on those playlists for next uh, next season's practice. Sure, you got your playlist. It's like I I don't understand that. Like my first reaction was like, maybe Johnny was just being off the cuff or whatever. But I mean. Let me tell you, if Johnny Gaudreau has been here, what, seven years, and he's never been given like a, a, a training regimen by the team that's like, hey, yeah, you're starting. Here's what you're doing. Here's your plan. Maybe they are going to the farm to do chores and shit. Throwing some this, bales around. This year is a little different, he says. <laughs> this year's a little different. We don't have a moron amateur running the team. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... Well, Peters wasn't bad, but fuck. Well, I Glenn can't Hall. imagine him being... You know what? Like, that's the one thing with Bob Hartley, though. Like, maybe this is me just falling prey to old hockey men. Like, But, like, he was obsessed with fitness. And why do you think those Flames teams were so good at coming back late in games? Because they're in phenomenal shape and could play until the end of a game. Like, if, oh, if I was running an NHL hockey team, fitness would be, all, like, top priority for me. Well, on Saturday, it alludes to it, too. We, not only do we lose our fitness ability in our Jeff Ward, the pace of the game, man. We're so, totally. we, just, we just became so fucking slow. I mean, that's the biggest thing. When you were mentioning watching Vegas and Colorado and feeling 
yeah. out of their league. You're feeling depressed because you're like, we're never going to be that good. It's just like these guys play at such a high level of pace and speed and executing skill at such a high speed. It's ridiculous compared to our team. Can't even fucking break out. Can't even break out of our own ends with the skating. Here's our breakout. D-man goes behind the net. Not anymore, but... Slow it down, boys. Slow it down. D-man goes behind the net. Stands there. Stands there. Stands there. Oh. Everybody's... Okay, everybody's getting their stationary spots. Let's rifle it up the ice. Fuck is brutal, dude. I see Kachuk's in the Bahamas. He better have a. He better have his power skating on on Daryl's <laughs> training uh, regimen for Kachuk. Better be a couple hours of power skating each day. Daryl's like, uh, what's Keith's diet? Yeah, I want you on the opposite one. <laughs> Whatever he's eating, don't eat. Eat the opposite. Fucking two for a day, a whole cake from Costco, a whole apple pie from Costco. Look, Keith, you've earned it. Just make sure your boys aren't in the same same diet, okay? Uh, they haven't earned it yet. All right, this is the last thing I want to touch on. I want to rattle off this rapid-fire free agency down the list. Here's everybody coming off the books this season, this offseason that Brad has to make a decision on. Um, I, there's already news. Yoking Nordstrom's not coming back. Oh, man, what a bummer. Who's going <laughs> to kill penalties? Oh man, you know what this means though. We're gonna get another. We gotta go out and get seek another PK specialist. Probably bring Jankowski back, eh? Uh, <laughs> How do we do this song and dance every year? And then I have to hear about. Oh, Nordstrom's really good. He's good. Okay, he sucks. Leaves to the KHL. Oh my god. Yeah, uh, Nikita Nesterov ripping it up in the K. <laughs> yeah, no shit. That league stinks. So he's Nordstrom will probably score 30 goals over there this year. Actually, it's a pretty low scoring league, to be honest. What do you think of Nikita Nestrov? You come back? I hope not. You think he will? No. I don't know. He was all things considered, he was fine, but he was fine, but like, does he move the needle in any way, shape, or form that you need to bring him back? Absolutely not. So you think you're gonna let him go? Well, dude, like whenever I think about what is Brad going to do, whatever the opposite of that is usually what he does. So, well, he's got to make room for Michael Stone now. So yeah, you know, he's, you he's got to give him he's got to give him a raise, dude. You know, Michael Stone's coming back. Hey, I mean, he, motherfucker earned it. He earned you, it. But you know, he's coming back. He earned that shit. I would be shocked. If Michael Stone is not re-signed again for the twentieth time, I kind of wanted to just like may as well keep it going, man. Oh yeah, just just keep it, just keep greasing the wheel, yeah, eh? Me as well. As long as we're paying, as long as we're still paying you your bio money, you're getting another contract. I love that's the theory that was that's out how there. It works around. Here. I love the theory that was out there for a while. That was like, yeah, we're just holding on to Stone to get Mark Stone. It's like we still have. Ugh. All right. So yes or no? We're gonna resign him. I'm going to say yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm also going no one to keep Nestor up. All right. Zach Ronaldo. It's a no for me. I don't think we're bringing him back. Do you? Didn't utilize him very much at all? I don't know. Like, he loves these guys. Like, was there a need to sign him this year? And he did anyways. I'll say yes. I'll say you will sign Zach Ronaldo. Okay. I'm, I, think, I think the Zach Ronaldo experiment's over, folks. That's what I think. Brett Ritchie, on the other hand, <laughs> motherfucker is getting another contract. 
I think. What do you think? I, I, I can't see it, man. Like, <laughs> you just said he's bringing he back signs, Ronaldo. I know, but Ronaldo doesn't play. He's just here for the bullshit. Yeah, thing. but Richie was legit in our top six for the last I know. So it's just like, if, if, okay, if they sign Brett Richie, you're done. I'm done. If they sign Brett Richie, that means that their management and their analytics department, you don't even need analytics. Did you watch the games? That means they have no idea what they're doing. If they look at Brett Ritchie and say, yeah, we want him on our team again next year, I they've lost me 100%. They're yep. not signing Brett Ritchie. Maybe I'm just going to try to manifest it. No way. No how. Dude was the worst player on the team, bar none this year. I agree. I think they're going to resign him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go to the third string. Uh, Louis Domingue. I don't, think so. him? I don't think I mean, so. Look, the rules are probably going to be different. You don't need three goalies for the bubble crap or whatever, or the whatever it was, the taxi squad. So there's no way, right? We didn't even see him. No, he was a taxi squad guy. So I'd say no. Louie, your, your tweets are sweet. Your helmet's sweet, but you suck. You're not coming back. All right. Connor Mackey, obviously they're resigning him, right? Yep. RFA, 24 years old. They like him. You like him. You like him. Yeah. I like him. Okay. What do you think they'll do with Yuso? Obviously, they're resigning him, but like, what do you think he's going to get? Well, I don't know. Like, I think he'll probably get something when he's on. Like, does he get a bump up? Does he get? Does he get a couple years? Like, does he get bumped up to like a million and change something? One one bonus about your your best prospect you've had in ten years absolutely sucking this season. <laughs> Is you don't have to pay him much for his next contract, do you? Is that, is that a bonus, eh? I w- I would see him, I would see him maybe going up a little bit. Just kind of they do a small little bridge, maybe what, a million one, bucks, maybe 1. a million 5? bucks, no one point five, something like that. For how many? Maybe you go two. Like he's twenty two, that takes him to twenty four. Probably probably one point two five for two, eh? That's a nice little bridge. Show me. Yeah, I'd say, maybe maybe two, I'd say maybe two over two kind of thing. What did he, what did he, he had a Boy had a oh, rough boy. My boy had a rough time. Oh, real rough time. All right, keeping the D, uh, D conversation, Oliver Shillington. I guess if they want uh, Saddle to take him, they got to resign him, don't they? No, not necessarily. They just have to have a certain amount of players under contract. Um, you need two forwards. Who are under contract and exposed. You need at least one defenseman who is exposed under contract. You need at least one goalie who's under contract and exposed. So they're going to need to sign a goalie. They're going to need to sign two goalies. So maybe you do sign Domingue and expose them. Um, or yeah, maybe put them in the air. Could you? Could you? Who else do you have? Because yeah, all your goalies. Zagadulin. Could Zagadulin fulfill that role? Yeah. You sign him to a pro contract. You'll probably sign Zagadulin. So maybe expose Zagadulin. They have four D under contract for next year in Hannafin, Giordano, Rasmus Anderson, and Chris Tanev. They will be exposing one of them. So they're good. But if, if they don't select Shillington, I would assume they resign him. Unless Brad has just had it with them and let some trades him for nothing. So if he's not selected, they will sign him. Yeah, they'll expect. probably Seattle will probably take somebody else, and then and then Brad will actually can walk. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds likely. 
And I'm not even kidding. Okay, let's go. Let's wrap forwards here. We got a few. What do you think Dylan Dubé is going to get? Another bridge? I don't know. Because if you look at like Mangiapane got that one year deal at first, remember, at like under a mil. So do they go that route with him? I mean, he's you- just he's just coming off his ELC. So, I mean, it stands to reason they give him like a, a bridge type thing at like similar. We're talking about with you. So like maybe one and a half to over two years, like two per i don't know it, it feels like it should be in the million to two million dollar range per year for a couple years but maybe they do what they did with Monge. um not last offseason but the offseason before and they just signed to like a one-year one-year cheapy deal one-year qualifying offer deal type thing there show me show me what you got so just don't I think score that, too I many think goals. That, that's probably what they're going to have to do because the money's so tight. So, such a good third line player. Yeah. I'm curious. I'm I, this is a big year for him. Season. This is a big yeah. year for him next season because he kind of had his, he definitely had his struggles this year. He showed some yes, signs. He showed he some did, signs. He, how many goals did he end up with? Doobs. Yeah. You have 10. You got 10 at pro rated, what, 13, 14? Three of them came in one game, bro. He had 11 goals. Not bad. Is he the only guy to score a hat trick this year? Yeah. Probably. I think he was. Nobody else got one. Didn't Monge get one? I don't remember. But, yeah, I I could see it going one of two ways. Maybe they go the, the bridge deal, or maybe they just do, like, a one-year deal. I don't know. I, I, I think it'll be, like, a two-year deal. Maybe, like, one and a half, two per, something like that. Yep. Are they bringing Josh Levo back? I hope so. They should. They should. He shouldn't be that expensive. He's 28 years old. He is a right-hand shot, which Lord knows we need. He sh- Again, he's scoring for he is goals for cheap. That's what you need. You need goals for cheap. He shouldn't cost you more than a million dollars unless he's just like, get me the hell out of here. I didn't play all year. I don't want to play here. Well, if, you, if you go one mil for one year with Josh Levo... I don't know. He's a UFA, so it complicates things. He can go wherever he wants. I would be surprised if if the desire is there on the player's part for him to come back. But if the player wants to, I I would resign him without a doubt. Yeah, that's the kicker for me is I don't think he wants to come back, especially yeah. especially Sutter didn't usually utilize him much nope. uh, to finish the season. So if that's any indication of you know what his utilization looks like next season. I'm sure he's going to seek some greener grass. Well, yeah, he, again, he's 28. He's getting up there. It's UFA. He can sign anywhere he wants. Like, is he going to risk? Yeah. He, Cause I, what he thought was going to happen this year, he was going to have a show me deal playing alongside Gaudreau Monahan yep. and put up a bunch of goals and then sign somewhere, a nice little contract next year. It's probably what was going through his mind. It didn't happen because he never played. So watch him go to the Oilers. Yeah, totally. You think you think Josh Levo wouldn't score 25, 30 goals playing next to Connor McDavid? Easy. Not easy even peasy. a thought, dude. That's a perfect fit for the Oilers. I bet you that's where he goes. Wouldn't surprise me. That or Florida. Go to Florida, Josh. Sam's probably texting him like, buddy. Buddy, tax-free. Beach. The weather is great. You like the beach, Josh? Come on down. Just don't go to the oil country. We'll hate you. <laughs> Okay, Derek Ryan. What's the deal with Derek Ryan? 
I mean, I would love to re-sign him. I know a, you would. That's, at not, a, that's not the question. <laughs> Every, know. Everybody he, already knows you want to sign, but he feels like a guy you maybe sign and then expose. Like I don't know, because they they probably wouldn't. They probably want to expose guys, sign and expose guys who are on league minimum deals. You know. Yep. So I mean, he does feel like a guy who would get selected. He seems like almost a too perfect a fit for Seattle, seeing as he's from Washington State and played his junior hockey not too far away and is a really good player and his analytics are great. So I, I would not be surprised to see Seattle take him. So that's an interesting one because he's going to be probably more again, like the flames do not have a lot of money to work with, man. Like it's, it's going to be pretty tight. So I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to say I would love for them to sign Derek Ryan, but I don't know if they can, you know what? Fuck that. They're signing Derek Ryan. Daryl Sutter loves him. They're going to sign him. All right. Whenever you whenever you pull the, you know, wishy-washy and <laughs> then end up with a, yeah, it's, it's never a slam dunk. So I'm going to go with the opposite. They're not resigning him. Okay. I mean, I, fe- I tend to do that wishy-washy, change my mind in five seconds thing a lot. So. All right. Um. I don't know. Where what about Dom up? Simon? Where does Derek Ryan end up? Edmonton would be a perfect fit. I honestly think he, if he, even if he doesn't get selected by Seattle, I wouldn't be surprised to see them sign him if he still remains unsigned. I don't know. I just feel like it's Calgary or maybe Vancouver. I don't know. Like, again, he's such a good player. He's so useful. He could go anywhere. Stay in Calgary, Derek. Don't we have a nice new Mormon? Didn't, aren't they building a Mormon temple in Calgary? Don't they have a nice Mormon temple in Calgary? Yeah. Probably not. There's one in Airdrie, I know. We're pretty close to Salt Lake, though, aren't we? The, I mean, we're the closest NHL team to Salt Lake, aren't we not? We are? Right, we're both Vegas. Well, it's still one. Like, what? How many? It's the drive time. It's only like six hours down from Dude, Calgary. Dude, Utah to Vegas? That's easy peasy, man. <laughs> it can't be much closer, dude. It's closer. I've driven to Arizona. Yeah, but Vegas, Vegas doesn't want Ryan. They got no room for. Why wouldn't they want Ryan? He's he's perfect for them. I almost said he's beautiful. <laughs> he's not perfect for Vegas. He's, he's perfect for Vegas. He isn't banging crash. You got to be able to bang and crash with skill there. Come on. He's per- he'd be perfect for for uh, who's the other team? He said not Arizona. Um, he he'd be perfect a lot of places, man. So. I, I still kind of have this weird feeling he ends up in Calgary. I hope he does anyways. All right. Your buddy's Dom Simon. Dom, Dom Simon. Maybe he goes, but maybe Sid gets his wish. I think personally, this is the end of the, the line. For Dom Simon. <laughs> you know what actually gonna... is just infuriating to me, though? It's like everybody shits all over Simon. It's like he was nowhere near as bad as Brett Ritchie or Nordstrom. At least he had some redeeming qualities. He could at least skate. He at least has a little bit of skill. Why is he the guy who's banished to the taxi squad, never to be seen again? Like, why do that to Richie or Nordstrom for shit's sake? Doesn't but yeah, it's, it's zero points for Donald. <laughs> All right, um, Buddy Robinson. You mentioned him. Uh, maybe he's Johnny's buddy. Sure. I don't know, man. You think that one's? I guess they could sign him to a, a heat dealer. Eh? This is like Brad's wet dream. How many plugs can I sign? This is his dream. He's gonna oh, have. The, 
He's going to have the best offseason of his life. Glenn Godden. Yeah, they'll probably sign Godden. And then last but not least, Matthew Phillips. Yes, they they absolutely will sign Matthew Phillips. And I swear to God, he better be on the opening day roster or I'm going to flip out. I swear to God, if Brett Ritchie is on this starting roster, opening night, October, whatever, next season, and Matt Phillips is not, I quit being a Flames fan. I quit. I will quit. You know it's going to happen. I will, I will quit. I'm already planning my exit. You need to find somebody else to do this with. I won't do this if that is the case. All right. Send in your... Um, send in your applications. Send in your applications because it's pretty much a lock. It's a, it's a lock. You're kidding, man. They're not going to play Phillips. I will I riot. They, I hope they do. But they're not going to. Dude, I, I so much will we'll know so much about this organization moving forward just on the Brett Ritchie decision alone. Hey, okay? that's the inflection point, dude. That will tell us everything we need to know. That's the new uh, the new t- MRU timeline. That's the litmus test. MCU. Yeah, that's the time. That's the timeline splitting, right? That's the TSN right turning point. That's uh, yeah, the Thanos versus uh, what's the, what's the wizard's that's name? The Doctor Strange. That's it. That's it. We're gonna know. We can't go once you once you go once you go Brett Rich, you can't go back, man. Like there's no turning back from that. All right. We're gonna have um our season, our shit season breakdown. We'll sift through the pile of manure. I don't know why. Yeah, why is, why is it a, a carcass? It's really a pile of manure. Is what it is. A gross, like carcass is kind of a grotesque term that Brad used. We're gonna sit, you don't sift through a carcass. <laughs> Like that's a dead animal, dude. Like that's weird. Well, that's creepy. Maybe after you go shopping for milk and soup, you do. Like that's that's some like psycho shit. Like, why didn't he say like sift through the dust or sift through the rubble? He's like, we're gonna pick at the carcass. We're gonna pick at the bloodied. Like, dude. Like, why? <laughs> Is it worse than a big fight? Steaming, uh, steaming pile of manure, though. Yeah. We've been putting off the season review because it's much well, more fun to talk about other fun things, and it's it's super depressing, you know. Like, and who wants to to listen to the season when you got the playoff? Like, there's so exactly, so great there's so much fun shit going on. So we'll get back to your regularly scheduled Flames programming when all this awesome hockey is done. <laughs> we'll get ready to depress you as soon as this great <laughs> hockey's over. <laughs> <laughs>